understand what I've done. Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio station. Cast aside all shrinking expectations of normality because building up your psyche brick by brick takes some imagination here on Doom Patrol Radio. All right, we're back again, nobodies, talking about season two of Doom Patrol. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we're talking about episode one of season two, which is called Fun Size Patrol. Um, Not to be confused with like the candy. Well, maybe to be confused with the candy. Would you confuse them with candy? I guess, I mean, it it makes me think of candy. Yeah, Yeah, obviously. I think of specifically, and for some reason, it's the yellow M&M's. Which is like the almond M&M's. Yeah. But I don't call it M&M's with almonds. I call it yellow M&M's because that's the color. Oh, of they the don't bag. got almonds in them, but it's just a peanut. There are, there are <sighs> almond M&M's. I don't call them M&M's with peanuts. Yeah. I call them yellow M&M's because of the color of the bag. Yeah, I think I do too. I think okay. I do as well. Um, I think it's Snickers. Snickers is always like... I don't know. Maybe because, like, when I would uh, get Halloween candy, um, usually that's when, you know, the majority of the fun sizes are coming out. You get shit, you could disperse them all over uh, the neighborhood or where, what have you. Put them in a bowl if you don't even want to answer the door and pray that, you know, the kids have a good moral compass. <laughs> and, you know, they don't even. Uh, sell those by themselves. Like maybe I just want a little fun size no, they, of M and M's. It says it on the package. You can't sell it. They exactly. They you got to buy a, a giant bag of M and M's. At that point, it's not fun size. It's too much fun size. Oh, I just wanted the one fun size. Oh, okay. So like I was <sighs> saying, like Snickers, because I think that's what I was looking for the most in Halloween, and like it's right on the right on the thing. You know, it's right on the side of the. I think all the fun size ones are actually written on it that says fun size. Do they? Does anyone own that? Anyways. Yeah, it's definitely like Mars. I'm, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Mars Mars own. owns the fun size. So, mm. I don't think they own so that. Um, <laughs> uh, Nate, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Um, it was, uh, Everybody, I believe, is uh, all in the agreement that it was a pretty cool thing to have three episodes come out in one day. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, um, and we'll talk about towards the end when, I mean, I guess by end, I mean, today we're releasing three episodes for three episodes of Doom Patrol Season 2, which came out today on both DC Universe and HBO Max, Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit just about that idea today, and then we're kind of going to give our our thoughts on like all three of them together as like a collective whole, mm-hmm. like a trilogy almost. Yeah, because uh, we're uh, because we're um, what's the what's the we're greedy and we watched them all in in one sitting. Yeah, we binged it, if you will. That's the word, right? <laughs> That's the word the kids are using. Nowadays. Is it like so? <laughs> is it like it a, is a binge? Yeah, but is we that didn't because have to it's watch three? all three? 
what if it was well, only because two? there's more than one mm. well if there's only two episodes and you like just watch both of them is that a binge i binged both episodes what so you mean you watched <laughs> yeah. two episodes of a thing rad it's like three's a crowd, but three's a big. Yeah, I was thinking like how, well, like uh, the you know a few. That's three couple, two company. Yeah, but it's three two. is a crowd. Three is a three is a binge. Yeah, any more than three or more is a binge. If you watch two, you just watch two episodes. Yeah, you watched another episode. Congratulations! There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, we watched all three, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure everyone else did. I mean, you could just, I, you're not supposed to. I'm sure the normal person was probably like, you know what? Maybe I'll watch one today. No way, man. Get I'll those watch numbers one tomorrow. Up. And then I'll watch one the other day. And then uh, everyone who's not normal watched all three today. So congratulations. You're weird. Um, so today we're talking about Fun Size Patrol. And just to um, kind of get into it this way, uh, the synopsis for today's episode is... Niles and Larry work to enlarge the miniaturized Doom Patrol while Dorothy's peculiar uh, here we go peculiar powers make themselves known. I don't know if I've ever tried to say that out loud. Peculiar oh wow. Pe- mm. Peculiar oh <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I feel your pain, man. I feel yeah. your pain. And they had they had to put the alliteration in there. Peculiar powers. You said um, it twice now and I can't even do it the one peculiar yeah, to, powers it's That's... like riding a bike <laughs> it's not like riding a bike um so with today's episode and with the other two um the fact that they're uh the fact that they're released together all three of them they dropped all three of them it it kind of plays out like a trilogy in a sense like there's an overarching uh character arcs yeah. For for most of them, and especially for Niles Calder, what we're going to do today, since we're releasing three episodes, is just kind of sticking with what happens in each episode and trying not to spoil anything. For those of you who might have been normal and only listened to or watched one episode and they're taking it piece by piece, we're going to try and keep things contained to each episode and not try to get into what happens in the next episode or the third episode and then talk about it when we get to it. So even though some things conclude, or not conclude, but they evolve with each episode, we're going to just try to keep it contained in each in each episode that we're talking about today. Um, so first off, um, just to go over some production notes for today's episode, uh, this episode was directed uh, by Christopher Manley. Uh, he also directed uh, Doom Patrol Patrol, which is, uh, we kind of get references to that, in today's episode um but that was the original doom patrol the old doom patrol who's uh being taken care of by joshua clay and that's like mento and Rhea, and they failed when they try to fight mr nobody um and now they kind of live in kind of like a medically induced state of care almost um and so he directed that episode as well but he's also he has a lot of credits as a cinematographer, and he's done some work for Stargirl and some other DC shows as a cinematographer. For but his biggest note is probably Mad Men, where he did like I think seventy plus episodes of Mad Men as a cinematographer, 
And what I like about that, looking at Doom Patrol, you can kind of get that same kind of, I don't know, I, don't, I guess mise-en-scene is like that word I use a lot. Yeah. But you can kind of feel that when you watch Doom Patrol and then you kind of think about his work with Mad Men. You kind of see that in in what he's in what his vision is um and so i i I, on record i i love mad men so to know that he really worked on that show to me is like oh yeah it's cool it's awesome um and then this was written by jeremy carver who is obviously he's the showrunner of doom patrol he wrote uh the the pilot which is not called pilot patrol it's just called pilot which i it's like the only episode not named after patrol um, and then he also wrote the season one finale, Ezekiel Patrol. Um, and so he's, most people know him a lot from Supernatural, but he's also um, executive producer and showrunner for this show. So he wrote uh, today's, I guess, season season two premiere. And then Shoshana Sachi, she wrote this episode as well. She has a lot of credits and she's awesome. She, uh, she also wrote for Donkey Patrol, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, Cyborg Patrol and Ezekiel Patrol as well with Jeremy Carver. And um, I think um, she, she was doing a Q&A with Tom Farrell uh, on DC Universe a couple months ago. I think it was a couple months ago. This whole pandemic thing has got my timetable out of whack. Um, but I, I remember asking her about kind of like her influences with, with uh, I think it was Paw Patrol or... It was one of the episodes with with Crazy Jane, um, as like a punk in like in a, in a club or whatever. And so I think um, that I remember a lot, and I, I I really admire her work that she's done on on Doom Patrol. And shout out to her; she did a great job on today's episode as well. Um, and then um, we have a guest character. I think we have a guest uh, guest actor on each episode today. And today our guest character um they say it's abigail shapiro uh playing as dorothy uh uh, dorothy spinner but i don't know why it says guest character or guest starring when i thought she was going to be a season regular um but the other guest character yeah i guess like not a main cast member just like um just a recurring character um but the other guest character is obviously Mark Shepard. He's going to be returning as Willoughby Kipling, who um, obviously he was in uh, he was in Paw Patrol and Colt Patrol. And that one, uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with Willoughby Kipling, or first of all, Mark Shepard also from Supernatural as well. I think people definitely know him from that. Um, but Willoughby Kipling was created by Grant Morrison and Richard Case in 1990. Uh, for the cult of the unwritten book, just like in Cult Patrol, and then reappears in uh, issue sixty-one, the Candle Maker, which is kind of funny because even though those two characters don't interact in today's episode, they're both present in today's episode. So mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering if Willoughby Kipling will be returning uh, later in the season Hopefully. because of that. Yeah. Um, I also found this out. I don't know if we talked about this, but did we ever talk about the John Constantine relationship between him and Willoughby Kipling? Like, um, I don't know about relationship. I know that it's um, he he is 
he is the John Constantine for Doom Patrol. You know, obviously, yeah. separate characters, but did we talk about like a con- confliction between having Constantine in Strange Tales or, or Doom Patrol, you know, when it was at that time in title and stuff? I just read like the only thing I read and I I feel like a lot of people say it sometimes it's like it's like the same thing where people say like uh the Force Awakens is just a new hope, like a soft reboot and it's like congratulations, you figured it out. Um but like will it be Kipling and John Constantine like Apparently, Grant Morrison was denied the use yeah. of John Constantine, so he was like, oh, okay, I'll just make Willoughby Kipling. Yeah, and, that sounds familiar. Um, like, I, 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 maybe we did talk about that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, if we didn't, we're saying it here first. Yeah, so. sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so he based Willoughby, just, he was, I think he based Willoughby Kipling on With Nail, which is like a, like a crime, uh, uh, another novel. Um, but yeah, he was just like, oh, well, I can't use Grant Moore or I can't use John Constantine. I'll just make my own character. Mm-hmm. So yes, Willoughby Kipling is just like John Constantine. Um, so he makes a reappear- uh, reappearance in today's episode. And, uh, right off the bat, Nate, what was, uh, what was the most memorable moment of Fun Size Patrol for you? Um, oh boy. Now you're going to make me look at all these things. There's so many notes here. What was the most Memorable. Most memorable. Most memorable. I think it was seeing um, Cliff and Jane, like, being closer. You know what I mean? Um, There's definitely more to unpack there. But, like, we see it a lot, obviously, in this episode where they're more on a... uh, I don't know. They're 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 better than before. <laughs> they're closer, in a in a sense. Yeah. Um, you know, they're kind of almost pals. Yeah, it, it feels like um, instead of it's like the anger is shared. Yeah, instead of it being so much like I'm trying to be a father daughter relationship, like he was trying to make it mm-hmm. that. It feels more platonic this time. Mm-hmm. Like almost like. So maybe there is still a dynamic duo between them, but it's more mm-hmm. like on the same level instead of Cliff trying to be like, "Oh, let me just throw all my father, my my dad baggage on you." Yeah, <laughs> like he's just like, oh, "Okay, well, you know, that didn't work. Yeah. I I'm being I was being an asshole for that. So let me just let me just be your friend." <laughs> Yeah, and I think I mean the most memorable. So like with, with that, it was when you know they were sitting beside Danny the Brick and Jane was smoking the joint, the world's tiniest joint. It was I th- that's that had to have been the most memorable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the most memorable part for me, and this happens a lot in 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 today's today's episode, or pretty much with Robot Man in general, Cliff Steele is that he's, yes, he's a, I guess you can call him a big, dumb, like, for lack of a better term, just asshole, like he's just an asshole. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing that you kind of admire about Cliff Steele is that he calls out Niles Calder, like, all the time, which everyone else is still kind of like, 
Oh, now it's Calder will get us out of this situation. Yeah, we were made tiny, but he's he's going to fix it, and he's going to make it work. And, like, they still kind of, like, limp in to when Niles Calder is saying that he's got a plan or, you know, Larry's going to figure it out and we're going to get out of here. Today's the day and all that. And Cliff Steele is just like, no, hold on. <laughs> you ruined our lives, and I want to know why. Like, so... To me, like, the most memorable part was, like, the fact that he's, like, he's an asshole, but he's, like, a better, he he thinks he's a better father figure than Niles Calder. And mm-hmm. so he's, like, trying to be better, but he's doing it in, like, the most confrontational way. And so what was most memorable to me was just the fact that, uh, so... Dorothy is trying to play with Cliff Steele, like, let's go feed the rats. Let's go drive. I've never been in an automobile before. Let's go take a drive. And so he's, he, he, he gives into that. He's like, you know, I want to make her happy. I'm not trying to be an asshole all the time. And so she's having a lot of fun. And then when, uh, when Niles Calder gets mad at him, then he's like, oh, you're trying to play, like, the who had it worse game? Like, don't fucking go there. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, that scene kind of ends with, uh, like, he basically goes and kills a rat. And then he comes back to, like, they're having movie night. <laughs> and yeah. he's wearing this ridiculous, what's so funny about it is it's obviously, like, a giant costume of a rat. Like, the more I looked at it, I was like, <laughs> it looks like a prop. Like No, he skinned the rat. I know, but, like, the eyes and, and the nose and everything was, like, yeah. it looked very kind of, like, fake. But I liked it for that because since, I don't know, I guess since everything looked very toy-like, that mm-hmm. that's how the rat looked. And I just liked the way that, I liked the way that that rat head looked on him. Even though, like, it looked like a prop, I was like, it's funny in that regard. Uh, and so he was like whole filled and then he just walks off. Um, to me, that was my favorite part. It's just, uh, robot man just really calling out now is Calder, which is something yeah. that we've kind of looked forward to. Like we weren't sure what they were going to do with Niles Calder at first. And we really didn't get to see Niles a lot in season one because he was kind of like the, the princess that needed saving was Niles Calder. Like we didn't know where he went or what he was doing. And uh, they really didn't explain what was, you know, what was the reason for his capture and all that. Um, so with with today's episode, it just it felt good to to start on that note of being like, we didn't save the day in season one. We <laughs> we're here now. Our lives are still messed up. You're, the only thing that's changed is Niles is now with them, and so now mm-hmm. he has to explain exactly what he's done. Um, yeah. So, um, but there was a part there here. I'll, um, yeah. You want me to save that till we like get to that part of the, are we going to go chronological? Yeah. You want to, you want to start from the beginning? Yeah, we can start from the beginning. Um, what happens in the beginning? At first I thought, uh, Dorothy was going to start comparing everybody to, um, so I like paused and rewound like a lot just (laughs) because 
I love this stuff. Yeah. So, like, I paused it, like, you know, the first time Dorothy was introducing Robot Man and everything, and I thought it was going to continue with that Wizard of Oz uh, trend. Um, you know, but it didn't. And it was better, obviously. Um, when she describes Jane, she described her as the sad girl who sings out to the dark, and I felt that, man. That, like, that was wild. That's an incredible description. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that, that narration hit me hard. I, um, yeah. My favorite one was Rita Farr's where she was like, it's a woman made out of rubber, but when she smiles, it's more like she's made out of glass. And I was like, damn, that is some spicy, like, to me, that's... Meatball. That was poetic. Like, yeah. Because Rita Farr is fragile. Like, she doesn't want to reveal how how fragile she really is you know um and they get into that more in the third episode but um yeah i I forget what her well i'll look it up when we get to uh the next episode but i I know her first name is like gertrude she has like a rita far is like her celebrity name like the name cramp yeah yeah there you go um so like she's like one of those child actors turned into like um some like Hollywood product. Uh, so yeah, that, that opening narration from Dorothy is, uh, was amazing. I really liked that. I like that. She called robot man a tin man. They started off with like a wizard of wizard of Oz theme. Um, and then Abigail Shapiro was killing it in all three of those episodes, man, that I've seen. Really? That was incredible. Absolutely. Right? Like that's still, that beginning monologue of hers with the descriptions and everything. That's, that was insane. I was blown away. Yeah, she really knocked it out of the park. I I uh I really stayed away from most trailers. Like I tried not to yeah, to get into it or I tried not to watch anything with too much detail. Um you know, they they you know, I knew who was playing Dorothy and all that and I said, "Okay, that's it. You don't have to explain anything else. I don't want to see interviews. I don't want to get into you trying, you know, you trying to get Abigail to explain what the character is going to be about, because the character is is different from the book. Um, and when I say the book, I mean, um, uh, let's see here, uh, from issue fourteen of the nineteen nineteen eighty six run of Doom Patrol, uh, created by Paul Kupperberg and Eric Larson. Um, and then, but that Dorothy Spinner was, I, I guess, Dorothy was. I don't know if she was like the same age. I think this Dorothy is like uh, twelve years old. Oh no! Well, here we go again with in the, in the show. No, hold on. She's eleven. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then again, it's like physically. Yeah. Mentally. Physically and mentally, and mentally. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, hundreds you know, of she's... years old. Time goes out the window with all these characters, which we'll get into in in, in the next episode in Time Patrol. Um, but yeah, originally created by Paul Kupperberg, and then. Um, I guess in the 2003 Doom Patrol run, they actually killed off Dorothy. They were just like, something happened to her. She was in it. She was like brain dead. And then Cliff Steele had to make the hard decision to pull the plug on her. And they were just like, okay, Dorothy's no longer in the Doom Patrol team. And uh, they went on with that way. Um, but I liked I liked what they did with the character. I, I do like that character. I felt like she was a little bit underused in the Grant Morrison run. Uh, you don't really see her. She's kind of always stuck at the headquarters. Yeah, what do they call it? Like Doom Patrol headquarters. Doom Patrol headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and she's always just with Joshua Clay, and it doesn't really seem to go anywhere from there. Um, but already this this Dorothy that we have here, I, I like the, the prosthetic makeup. It's not CGI whatsoever. Um, and I kind of like that she has like this... Um, she has like a almost like a lisp, like a just because like a the way that she talks. There's a there's like a f- interesting like lisp that she does that like adds to like her childlike um, behavior. That I kind of like that. I kind of like that she sounds a little bit different. So um, so she you know we start here in let's see where, where do we start? We start in like 1927 London where they're doing that kind of like freak show type circus type thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then this is when, so she has like three, she has three imaginary friends. She has Darling, which is like this woman with a mirror face, which kind of sounds like a reference to uh, Meshes of the Earth. Uh, if, If we remember from Doom Patrol, the Grant Morrison run, where she's talking, where Crazy Jane is talking about Maya Dern, then if you think of Maya Dern, she had this thing called Meshes of the Afternoon, which is where a woman was being haunted by this figure with a mirror for a face. And so I was thinking, like, when she mentioned, when someone mentioned that, I was like, oh, that's just like, um, darling, is is that a reference to Meshes of the Afternoon from Maya Derns? Possibly. Is there anything else uh, in that other than the uh, fa- mirror face? In in that in that video, it's in there in yeah. that film. It's a, literally it's kind of it. I mean, there's it's a sur- surreal kind of film. So yeah. it's, there's nothing explained in it. There's I I guess there's an ending to it. But it's one of those things. So, like, didn't um, wasn't Richard Cases? Uh, so there was that uh, mere lady. Wasn't there another one of Dorothy's imaginary friends that was like a um, just a bunch of eyes and a big mouth as well? That was because we saw Herschel. Like, I mean, there was like you know they call him Herschel in the show. There's like a giant centipede. Uh, in the show, he's like a spider, big tarantula. There was the comic. He's like a giant centipede bug. Another. In um when Mr. in in the Grant Morrison run when Mr. Nobody returns to run for mm-hmm. president of the United States, uh, he forms another a new Brotherhood of Dada, and it has mm-hmm. another villain, and that one is also a head made out of a broken mirror, and all the broken pieces of the mirror are different eyes, and has a giant smile. So I think that is the other one. That's the other like mirror face kind of Doom Patrol creature thing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've always wondered because he said that Maya Dern's Meshes of the Afternoon was an influence for that. So I'm I'm wondering if those things uh, come from that. Um, Herschel, I, I don't know much about Herschel, just giant spider that talks. Yeah, like I was saying, he was like, I'm pretty sure he was a giant centipede type monster with like a like a wasp wasp face or something in the book um because like when when dorothy first shows up uh at the headquarters and joshua clay is like you know giving her the tour the centipede shows up 
And that's when you, I think that was the first thing that you saw mm -hmm. of Dorothy's imaginary friends. Yeah. And they kind of do that in this, in this episode where when she stops thinking about them and they disappear, there's kind of like that smoke dissipating effect yeah. that yeah. happens in like the comic book. So it's a cool mm -hmm. effect that they do with that one. Um, and then obviously the Wendigo that was from Hair Patrol. That was when that was the creature that Niles was hunting in the mountains before he met uh, the woman that he kind of fell in love with and vowed to stay stay alive to make sure that she's protected. Um, that Wendigo, I guess, passed on to Dorothy, and now she has that power to conjure up that creature, which. I guess you can call them more of like familiars than, yeah, it's magic. So put it in magic terms. Yeah, it's just like conjuring up like your familiars. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I had thought that Dorothy would just like can just imagine anything, um, but apparently, or maybe just in this show, she can just um, imagine just and those three things. Like she can't imagine anything mm -hmm. else. They're just familiars at that point. Um, but now we have a fourth new one, which is the candle maker, um, who's, uh, uh, voiced by Lex Lang, but, um, we really don't get to see much of him in this one. I don't think we even get to see the candle maker in this, in, in this episode. No, it was in the next episode. Yeah. Um, episode two. So yeah, the candle maker does become the, the, uh, the fourth one. And I won't get too much into that character just because it would be spoiler territories. Um, but just know that that character was created in 1992 in Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. And uh, he has two other names, which I guess could be illusions, but uh, his other names are King Candle and Death. <laughs> just Death. So Scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, this is when we kind of fast forward, or yeah, fast forward into what's going on with the Doom Patrol now. And, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Larry Trainer if you want, Nate. Um, oh man, <laughs> him kick it, cooking that, uh, small food. This tiny that pancakes. Was, that was a treat. Yeah. That was all of it. The entire preparation. Just like the, the finesse of the little pancake making. I love and you know how popular those videos were, what, like a year ago or whatever? The tiny food, you put it in the, you know. The tiny kitchen. You know what I'm talking about on the in, on the yeah. internet? They got the food. It's called tiny kitchen. <laughs> yeah. It's called, there's an actual. Yeah, tiny kitchen. It's a channel. So Okay. You don't got to repeat it. What do you, now it's just free press. No, um, but that's what Larry Trainer was doing, and I thought that was great. I Just the, t the thought of the. The, the tiny pancakes and then like when they're burning because he's trying to do the experiment at the same time and it just mm -hmm. has that shot of the skillet with the little tiny pancakes burning i thought that was great um to me that was that was awesome i wonder what that's like though because they were starting to eat it and then um oh there's that there's that shot of like the giant spatula that they made that it looks like they made a giant spatula that was to scale with Abigail. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't, th I thought it was a plate. He he was handing her the whole plate and like, she was like two arm in that plate. 
a pan a, a pancake. There was like a giant flapjack. spatula with just the tiny plate on pancake, and it was like yeah, you could tell it was like uh like a cardboard like forklift spatula, just like crane operated. Yeah, like yeah. on a stage, and it was like. <laughs> I love that. It's like very. It was cool. Uh, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids type effects. So, man, yeah, I really did like the whole, um, tiny town type thing that they were yeah. doing. The car bit was cool. The fact that like, uh, I guess they don't talk about it much, but like Cliff Steele, because he was a you know race car driver, he like has like this engineering perk to him like he can just build things <laughs> yeah um i really like that that he was just like well i'm just gonna make this uh yeah what do you what do you even call those cars they're just rc cars i was i did write down on my notes it says um cliff being able to drive again yeah like him being able to race again really was what it was yeah. with an exclamation point so i was clearly excited for him in that moment yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that moment between him and uh, mm-hmm. Dorothy, and then, and then the the PTSD that like he gets while he's driving that hit me. I was yeah, like, that's "Oh rough. no, <laughs> I feel so um, bad for him and them." But um, I did like how <laughs> how quick and easy it was for like Rita to like switch to um, like looking to, to magic to like get them big again. Because they were mm-hmm. like, well, science doesn't work, so let's do magic. It's like, uh, yeah, that's totally viable right now and what we've been through. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Conjure up that drunk wizard. <laughs> yeah, invite that, that horse head. I like that one. Um, I, I do. I like Rita's, um, and I don't really know when the turnaround was, or maybe it's just been a slow build, but, like, all of a sudden she's like, she start, she's starting to get like this I want to be a hero. Uh well, yeah, I mean it started like in yeah, it started back in season 1. Um you know, her noticing like Victor and all these things and just like wanting to be better. Yeah. There's a uh Rita has like a you know, especially even like with her keeping the name Rita, she's like running from in her past people telling her that she's not going to be a good person mm-hmm. and she wants to disprove that so her wanting to be a hero is definitely i i love it i love it a lot yeah and i think it was great that she she now has like this kind of like um especially in this episode is really more of instead of it just being a read afar like uh storyline or plot line in this episode it's a read afar cyborg kind of like plot line because now you have Rita Farr who wants to be a superhero and Cyborg who's kind of like he's got PTSD from trying to be a hero. Now he's like, I don't know if I want to be a hero anymore because, you mm-hmm. know, I wanted to be the big hero, but now I'm I'm scared. It's, it, it's not, uh, I'm not having a good time. <laughs> it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And so I really like that. I like that. She's not, I think she's been in the dark places of her life and Cyborg hasn't or he's getting into it after Cyborg Patrol and, you know, what happened with his mother and what Mr. Nobody has done to him. So he's scared now, but I feel like she's always been scared. And so now Mm -hmm. she wants to be the hero 
and she, I think she can, she can, she can, I don't know. She can deal with it. Unlike cyborg. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm anytime Rita, you know, April Bowlby's Rita Farr is on screen. I'm like, I'm having a good time. I think she, it does. She, it's such a comedic character and like yeah, charismatic at the same time. Um, yeah. I really enjoy just like that performance of that kind of character. Um, and I've said this a lot, but like, she's probably my favorite character. And if not like the best, the best doom patrol character brought to the screen kind of thing, like from like translated from comic book to like the TV show. Like they did such a great job of like reimagining what that character is like within Mm -hmm. doom patrol leaning into the thespian. Yeah. There's something about like how they translated that character that to me is like, wow, you guys exceeded expectations. That is such a cool character. Um, uh, but going back to Larry trainer, so he, yeah, he's trying to figure out how to uh, get the Doom Patrol back to normal size. Um, but then the negative spirit is also trying to relay some information to him. And specifically with this episode, it's about his son, Gary Trainer. They call him Gare for short. Um, but this flashback that the negative spirit shows Larry Trainer. Um, is Gary, uh, he's he's trying to give his father like this gift he made of the X-15, which is like the rocket jet that Larry Trainer was supposed to take to like his little uh, space flight test. And uh, how, did, how did you feel about this scene? It was great. The cardboard toy looks just like the one from the comic. <laughs> That's That was my takeaway. The bigger picture of that scene was uh, <laughs> um, the negative spirit, I believe, is uh, just trying to get Larry to, you know, address the things that he is keeping down and maybe trying to forget and bury. I mean, he says that often where, like, he gets remnants, you know, and memories of, like, his family. He's like, that was in the past, you know, that was long ago. Clearly, he's trying to just forget about it and... From what I, it's hard to to say this, but I don't think that um, this negative spirit is necessarily feeding off of the negative energy from Larry like it does in some other iterations, um, or just feeding off of negative energy, uh, you know, that just in the area that surrounds Larry or anything like that. It's more of like a trying to be more symbiotic, you know? Yeah, I I didn't really think about that because I, I I was thinking more towards the latter what you just said like he is just trying to the negative spirit is trying to find a symbol a symbiotic relationship with Larry like we we're stuck mm-hmm. together we we got we gotta we gotta be on good terms here or something like that or I'm trying to help you or something like that yeah but now but, you said that and I'm thinking like oh wait I is, yeah because like every every memory that the negative spirit usually shares with Larry is, uh, you know, obviously revolving around someone close to him dying. Yeah. Um, and like, that's obviously going to bring about negative feelings about a lot of things or just, you know, in general. 
So it's not, I don't see it as more of like a, I need you to remember this because I need to live or whatever. Yeah. It seems more of like a, um, hey, we got to learn. <laughs> we got we got to address things and we got to, we got to figure it out. I really hope not. Like, it's like a helper. Yeah. I really hope it's not a long con of like, hey, well, for the story's sake, yeah, that would be interesting. That'd be very entertaining. But for me, like in, in, uh, for the concern of in caring for the character, yeah, for the yeah. concern of Larry Trainer, I hope it's not a long con by the negative spirits who want to keep showing you negative memories for the sake of spurring your negative emotions, which then fuels mm-hmm. the alien to continue living. Like, I hope that's not the issue. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. The situation that played out in, in that memory with, you know, Larry Trainer being like, okay, well, you know, here we're just going to build this plane again correctly. Mm-hmm. And then the kid gets upset. Obviously, the wife gets upset because the kid's upset and she thinks Larry Trainer's being a big jerk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, you know, maybe me thinking of me as a kid i don't know if i would have been offended if my dad would have said hey you know how about we just build it you know correctly this time together yeah to me it would have been like that sounds great dad i don't you know i made it i thought it was cool uh but if you and me both want to build it together i'm cool with that as well maybe i am not thinking about it correctly but i've never thought about like do you not see it as uh as if (laughs) Your father's telling you straight up that you did it wrong. <laughs> That's something that you created, that you made, put effort into. And then his first thing is, well, you did it wrong. That's crushing, man. I guess. Uh, yeah. I've been hurt by my dad physically, so I don't really... <laughs> I, You know, to me that... And I don't have a story like that to compare with my father. Yeah. So that's... We're, you know... To me, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. He wants to build <laughs> the spaceship with me this time? Okay, I'll, I'll say yes to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, he just wants to make it better. And so there was part of me that was, like, sympathetic towards Larry when I knew I should have been mad at him for yeah. being an ass. But I was just like... Mm-hmm. But he wanted to, to, I don't know, to work with his son on that. And so, you know, with, with Gary Trainer, like, we've, you know, the negative spirit then shows Larry that Gary has committed suicide, or he's, you know, he's, I think the, the proper term is that he died by suicide um, of overdose. And, you know, he, he says before he dies that he just wanted to know or he just wanted his dad to be proud of him. And I I don't think Larry Trainer was ever not proud of him. You know, I, I'm sure Larry might say that. You know, that's what, you know, anyone would try to say in their defense. Like, oh, yeah, of course I was proud of you. Don't do this. Um, but was he really, in fact, not? Or was he, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't think he was there long enough to... I I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe it was because he was so dismissive and just aloof to his family that he doesn't have all this, and now it's just completely filling him up with you know this or uh, you know maybe maybe the regret is being 
uh, manifested with the negative energy. And this is just how it's coming out. Yeah. Because it's a part of him, so you got to address it if it's a part of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I I have a, I, they show, what's cool about this show is that Larry Trainer, I think, I think Larry Trainer is the fan favorite of the show. I think for a lot of people, Larry Trainer is like, if anyone's were to say like what the fan favorite character is, I think most of them would say Larry Trainer, Negative Man. Um, but it seems like with the every Larry Trainer arc that we get in each episode, we get a lot of time with him, and I love it. And at at the same time, it's like. Man, I still have questions. I have so many questions yeah. about what's going on in your life. Because I feel like everyone else, I've pretty much got it figured out. Um, it's just how are they going to get through with it? But with Larry Trainer, mm-hmm. it's like the whole negative spirit I don't understand. And then because it's shown in glimpses, you still don't understand. Like we don't understand like okay, he wanted to be with this person, but he's stuck with this family. He's stuck with this family. And it's like, does he not care about the family at all? Because I know he might not care about his wife or he might not care about anything besides work. And is that the issue? Was the issue that he's so obsessed with work um, and his work relationship that he's like, you know what? This kid's giving me this plane. Uh, I guess it looks like a plane, so sure. <laughs> so I just, yeah, there's a lot of questions with that one. Um, Next character we're going to be talking about is Crazy Jane. This is, uh, this is a wild one. So, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't know we'd be getting into this, but like, uh, yeah, she has a the drug that Josh, Josh Clay gave to her. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, she's been she's kind of like on the same boat as Robot Man. Obviously, you said the same same thing. They have like, um, they have like a, a platonic relationship. They they have a relationship, a friendship, um, unlike the others. And like, she's very offended by Niles Calder and his actions. Um. And sometimes I kind of think of her as like the other daughter to Niles, like not obviously not biologically, but like the, it always felt like she really looked up to him as well. Did, yeah. Jane did see protection with Niles. Yeah. Which, you know, was a lie, but she did still see that. Yeah. Um, And so it, it feels like she's like the other um, which is very upsetting. And then the whole, the whole drug abuse thing, um, if they didn't tell you that it was like a meta human or like meta, meta gene serum. Yeah. It's like, damn, this girl's hitting that needle. And yeah, for a TV show, I'm like, damn, that's, whew, that's, that's when, you know, someone's at their lowest point, you know? Yeah. It's. I started because when um, you first see her in Dorothy's monologue in the beginning, she, like, it is. It does show Jane laying on the bed, like looking up in that thing. And my first thought was like, "Oh wow, that's a, that's like a using kind of kind of lie." And it didn't like click at first, and I was just like, "Oh wow, that's uh, that's 
and I kind of like played it off like maybe she was just like in you know in her head in the underground. Yeah. Um, but then it like immediately switched, and I was like, oh no, I that was right. I was right to see it that way. Uh, you got the shot. That's it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yeah. she does a great. Diane does a great job of like she can turn on like this. I'm I'm high kind of nonverbal mm-hmm. look that she has or like you can kind of tell like her eyes she has like this way of like making her face look kind of like not like puffy but like you can look like she, her eyelids kind of look like her eyes are kind of almost yeah, she's dosed man. yeah i mean like <laughs> that's yeah she does a great job of like acting like making that look like she's in that moment like that like crazy jane has been dosed um and so like just a fantastic job and uh, really compelling that they went that route of like drug abuse and using that, but like for metahumans, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. And um, this is when we get into like the whole underground is like upset about that. Um, yeah. It's, it's cool to see them all again, like all the different um, characters and, and the people who play them. Um, and maybe this goes to, to show like, how cool this this show is but so this doom patrol show has only been one season but already we have like a ton of characters that we care about who are like in each of these other uh characters like their supporting characters you know you have larry trainer his love interest and then you have crazy jane and like all her personalities and all these different characters that's its own, you know, the Doom Patrol is already like its own universe now. And mm-hmm. it's just one season in. It's only 15 episodes in. And you see them and you care for them automatically, you know. You see Danny the Brick and you go, oh, that's Danny, you know. Yeah. Um, you see, you know, Willoughby Kipling shows up and you're like, oh, he's back. And then with with Crazy Jane, it's like, oh, you see Pretty Polly, you see Hammerhead. And just seeing them... You get excited. You don't really care if they have little dialogue, if they're just there to say exposition. It's just the fact that they're there and you get to see them that you're all just automatically like, oh, yeah, it's great. They're back again. And we saw them in one episode and, you know, episode nine and that was it. And you're like, but that's all you needed. Like, it's it's just kind of like amazing how uh, successful yet like entertained we are by by that. At least I am. I don't know. Like. I find it. Oh yeah, you're not <laughs> alone in that boat, my friend. Yeah, I just find it like the supporting characters are like really top notch in this show. Like you really do care about every, or if you're supposed to hate them, you hate them. But um, mm-hmm. um, so later on, when like the uh, the team, the tiny team, <laughs> the fun size team, fun, fun size, size team. patrol, yeah, yeah, when they get to like explore the house, mm-hmm. one that like connect little uh elevator that they have going on i don't know what it's called um it's not connects because connects were plastic but it like had like the metal pieces in it i had a couple of them as a kid erect uh erector sets yeah uh the little erector set you don't know what i'm talking about no i just thought they made some like contraption i didn't know it was based off anything yeah it's like a toy it was like uh (laughs) you could i'm pretty sure that's what they were called erector sets um they had the metal pieces and like you can make you know, pulleys and cranes yeah. and stuff. It was, I think it was a lot of cranes. 
Um, but the elevator was pretty cool. Anyway, they got to explore, uh, you know, the house. They do get to leave the uh, the table. Um, Cliff's little uh, miniature racing table. Um, but uh, they do get to go past um, the painting that stole Mr. Nobody and uh, the Beard Hunter. So I thought that was just really cool that, like, the painting is, is in the house. Like, that's... And and then it gets mentioned again because Willoughby is just like, yeah, I saw the painting. Like they they talk about the painting, and um, like that's like that the fact that like that is like such a big, uh, like piece of magic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's like an incredible thing to me. It's just like yeah, that's a painting that stole Paris. Like don't, yeah, you did that. You, that they, that thing's a legend. I'm glad they referenced it. I'm glad that like they had that moment where Cyborg was just like. Let me keep my eye on this thing. Make sure they don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Beard Hunter is is trapped in there as well, and it's exactly how they were. Um, I guess they're like stuck completely, like they can't move around or anything, um, which is interesting. Um, but I do, I do like that. Um, just the whole conversation that Willoughby and Niles Calder have about like first of all how they have to conjure Willoughby Kipling and was that in this one or was that in the next one that's in this one. Oh yeah okay yeah yeah the whole him conjuring him um we're playing that song that was something else but um it's skipping a little bit too much so like but the point is that like the painting was still in the house I really liked it that was awesome um one thing I did want to point out though when you said like your most memorable part was um you know, the uh, Cliff yelling at Niles, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, I like Niles, his his approach to everybody, where it's like, you need to take your anger out on me. Like, this is nobody else's fault except for mine, and, you know, he is addressing it. Mm-hmm. He does have some uh, profound words to say about, uh, um, you know, like being a good person in later episodes and everything like that. So it seems like that he is at least trying to, um, what's the word? It's, uh, well. Make amends. There you go. It is. Like he's trying to, to, to be better. He's trying to do better. He's trying to fix things. Yeah, he's trying to, well, see, I don't know if he's trying to make amends. He's just trying to be like, yeah, I, I screwed up. But then he continues. And he, you know, but like, isn't that what he's trying to get everybody else to do? Like, yeah, I screwed up. Be mad at me, and then like be done with. Then continue. Like, yeah, be mad at me. Direct all the anger at me, and then let's go. Like, it doesn't have to linger. We got to keep doing it. We just gotta. But he never really all am- this stuff amends for it. He never really or, or repents for it. He just is yeah. like, hey, get mad at me, and then that's it. And then. He doesn't own up to it. He doesn't apologize, really. Um, and mm-hmm. so, um, and that's the biggest thing with Niles is in in this episode. Um, you know, if if we look at just today's episode, the question really just is, okay, well, what motivates Niles, or you know, Niles to to do what he does? You know, just what is the motivation? Um, which we learned it's Dorothy is Dorothy. Is, yeah. yeah, it was a woman he loved, yeah. and now it's Dorothy, uh, his daughter. Um, and 
just and the motivation is just purely living one more day longer than them exactly that's it yeah so like you can see him as still being a selfish crazy scientist asshole yeah but at least he knows that the <laughs> that his experiments their anger needs to be towards him and not at anyone else or even maybe in the world like i was trying to like you know yeah. take a step away and be like i wonder how, from, yeah. from what i see niles you're doing the right thing but i think there's still something bad about it i <laughs> just you're just doing a good job at hiding it <laughs> he's so he's very likable yeah he's very likable even though he's being a terrible person um which normally i i can't say that about niles Kohler, but because it's timothy dalton you he kills it because he's not oh he's yeah so he's good. not unlikable like he is when he's playing mr skinner in hot fuzz because hey he still had that, the charisma though He's and got charm. charisma, but he's got, and maybe it's just based on direction, but with, you know, with that kind of character, you don't, you know, he's up to no good, but you hate the character. Like it makes you mad how he smiles through it. Like very unapologetic mm-hmm. with this one. He's very exhausted and you want to like him which is, you know, Timothy Dalton is doing a great job of that. Um, And so, like, you never feel like he's a truly bad person. He's just never truly, uh, like you said, made the amends for what the wrong that he has done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's very interesting because I normally am not like that with Niles Calder. Normally I'm like, man, you really ruined these guys' lives. I really don't like you. So, like, what um, is... I don't know if this is a bigger question. I don't even know if we should be asking this question, but what would be his way to make amends? It's not like he can reverse that the is things the that he did. I think you know? that is the question, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he's... And we'll have to say that for when we get to Pain Patrol, but I think that's that's where we're going to have to lead off on. Okay. Um, there is one thing that so like they during their movie night when they go back, um, you know, uh, the giant popcorn, giant popcorn, giant single piece of popcorn, and everything like that. They're watching Easy Street, the Charlie Chaplin film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to find the comparison of why exactly Easy Street would be on. Easy Street's about a bully. Uh, Chaplin's a cop, you know, joins a cop because he wants to stop the bully. So, like, became a cop to stop the bully. Yeah. Um, like, like a bully? It, yeah, he was a bully. Ter- the, the character's name is a bully. <laughs> like, oh. the bully. Uh, but he's like, you know, he's a ter- he, he's terrorizing the town. Charlie Chaplin's, you know, puts an end to it by doing slapstick shtick. And it's great. Um, but, like, it's the, like, it's, it's the lovable tramp that becomes the cop, which uh, I don't think that's... I think that's a curveball in itself. Um, and I don't know. I was trying to see, I was trying to figure out if there was going to be like uh, a single monster terrorizing the tiny town that, you know, 
But this is, again, coming off of minute-by-minute podcasts where we see everything and try to have to analyze, (laughs) try to see what it's called to. Yeah. Numbers and everything. (laughs) I think that's probably, if if you had to make the comparison, it's probably maybe they were going with, like, um, with the overall idea of Doom Patrol being uh, these nobodies who, uh, despite their... Oh, uh, okay. flawed characters that they become yeah. the heroes of I the story. What, I see what you're doing. I see where you're pulling that from. Okay. So maybe that's the parallel between that and Easy Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you thought there was going to be a, a, a character who terrorizes the tiny town that they're in, uh, I at first I didn't think Herschel was one of the familiars of Dorothy. I thought that was just a giant spider. Yeah? Uh, or a I was regular like, spider. Yeah, like a regular spider, but just big, given the size. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's To me, that would still be a very big spider. Right. Um, yeah, when I saw that spider, I was like, that's not an imaginary friend. That's just a spider that's mm-hmm. on the on the thing. That would freak me out. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Not okay with giant spiders. I think. Hang um, on. So I, I have a, th- I have a thought here. Charlie Chaplin, the person, was also like you know seen as. Yes, he was. His films were highly regarded, and then after the fact, but he was also like kicked out of the United exiled. States. Yeah, he was exiled, and like maybe he was. You know, they they did try to deem him as a misfit outcast kind of thing. So like. Maybe that's it. Him, Charlie Chaplin, maybe the reason they're watching a Charlie Being Chaplin exiled. movie is because he was the misfit that got kicked out of society and now is regarded as a hero, per se, in film. Yeah, like standing up for his beliefs and all that. Like, yeah, people... even that, but like, even just like... Uh, yeah, him, him being the outcast, and then yet now he's taught in schools. You know? Yeah. Was he ever, was he posthumously like um, pardoned? Yes, uh, it happened in oh. the eighties. No, seventies. Oh, okay, yeah, he came back and like there was yeah. a whole award and everything like that. He got he got an award and everything. Um, which Aww. I did want to know if there was a question. There's actually a really the Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Anthony Hopkins movie, the the Ch- the Chaplin movie. That's a very good film. I think you should watch it. Um, but uh, I wonder if anybody. I mean, I'm. I hope, I wonder if people actually said, you know, in the real world, like, hey, man, you're like, they teach about you in school. Like, you, you're it. You're the dude. You're the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to, I think I watched, um, um, I can't remember the names of them. The Modern the, Man, the uh, Modern modern Times, that's what it is. Modern Times. The one where he's in the, yeah. in the cogs flipping around. In the, the factory, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one that they usually show a lot. Yeah, it's on the syllabus. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the syllabus. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just cool. Uh, it's always fun to see a uh, a chaplain a chaplain film going. I have this arts channel that's just like a cable television thing that like gets over on like you know like the rabbit ears or whatever. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But there was they did play a, a silent film on there. Um, I think it was from 1917, and it was called the the, uh, the hilarious uh, billboard characters, hilarious billboard characters, or something like that. And it was 
I ha- I I enjoyed my time watching the eight minutes that it was or whatever. <laughs> um, I liked uh, I I've seen uh. The, the the mission the the space mission to the moon one yeah forget what the, what that one's called fly me to the moon um but that's not what it's called no that's the song the, isn't it yeah uh, a tri- no a trip the one to the moon. The, yeah something like that I'm sure I can't remember these names uh but yeah I I really enjoyed that one and sometimes I I just watch that one but yeah um, I do like that they have the movie night in in this episode the Larry Trainer like busts out the film reel and they watch movies together, kind of like they used to do in the Doom Manor, and just be like, "Yeah, it's movie night. It's a we're, family. We're not superheroes. Yeah, and that's what they used to do uh, for years. Um, is is just deal with that, um, just hanging out. They can't leave the house. They can't leave the manor. They're just gonna watch movies, eat, cook dinner, clean, garden, and that's it. Like that's and it's it was kind of cool to see that again, but you know they have to do it now because they're all tiny. That Larry Trainer has to uh, project the film for them on the screen. So I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a very cute moment. Um, yeah. Do um, you have anything else, Nate? Um, the last few notes I have was um, the one that I used as the me- memorable part uh cliff and jane being friends sitting with danny the brick which is great that's it brings so much joy that like i can i don't know man that i can see things like danny the brick danny the street like that kind of things that like you know like just like stole my attention when i would be reading it in a comic book and just be blown away by that concept of a sentient street that and just like all of it, just together, like things like that, uh, I, I can't thank these people enough for bringing them on screen and in, like in live action. It's just, it's incredible. It, you know, you feel represented. Yeah, absolutely. And the the relationship that is Crazy Jane and Robot Man in the comic books is what got me invested in into the into doom patrol in the beginning it was you know crazy jane has like these kind of like these nuggets of wisdom that she'll say or that they'll say from time to time and i really fell in love with that like to me that was like wow i feel kind of seen by what grant morrison was writing through crazy jane Mm -hmm. at the time and so I'm hoping to get more of that because um, I know that, you know, they've established because in the books it's established that there is like this friendship between the two characters, but more so than just being, because they don't remember if they really have that kind of conversation like they did um, in the first episode of Doom Patrol. Um, but instead of just being so much like, Hey, or I don't know. Like I'm, I'm waiting for them to have like those kind of deep conversations again, um, about the struggles that they have, uh, which I think we get into that in, in, in time patrol. Um, but you know, when they were hanging out, 
just the, the the scene of them hanging out by Danny the Brick or with Danny the Brick um, is is great. But I want more of that. You know, I, w- I want to see more of that. No, we're um, it's, it's only the first episode, man. We're, yeah. we'll, we'll get it. Um, we will get it. The episode is going to to end with with Niles Calder actually making that trade off with with Willoughby Kipling. So he gives up the talisman that's around his neck that he's been holding on to, uh, which with that trade off, Willoughby is uh, returns the Doom Patrol to their normal size. Um, but I think to me, the biggest curveball of the ending was the fact that Victor had just left. Like he just he just left the the Doom Manor, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect that. I thought maybe he you know would just continue having issues um with ptsd and all that but i didn't expect him to actually leave the manor and and leave the way that he did i i was like whoa that's to me that was the biggest um that was the biggest plot twist to me was that one um but yeah how did you feel about the ending i i thought it was great um it kind of um I just, like ter- <laughs> terms of like magic agreements kind of blow my mind because like the fact that like Willoughby like the terms were set where it was like you know the painting plus the talisman and I'll consider it kind of thing but like he really wanted like the talisman and stuff like that um I I don't know like you would think that like I don't know I would think if I was a magic person and someone was like hey man I like can't I can't negotiate this. This is like, I need this thing. You know how hard I work for it? Like, this is my thing. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Let me try to help you out somewhere else. But like, <laughs> that's assuming like people are good, you know? But like with yeah. magic, it's just, uh, that's just the way it works kind of thing. It's like, well, to get all this fixed, like that's a lot of magic and, you know, bring it back to like transmutation circles and all that stuff and alchemy. And it's like, you know, you got to have, high prices for these things the equivalent exchange right yeah i want yeah i wonder uh yeah and and what other world would he have just been like well how about i turn you normal first and then you can pay me back and we can figure out what it is but um yeah he he would he really wouldn't let it go without getting that talisman that was like will it be you really got to do this right now. Yeah. You really got to make this business happen. So, um, I thought he would just owe him a favor or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I think there's a good point to end. We'll go ahead and, uh, wrap up, uh, wrap up here, but, uh, don't touch that dial yet because we got more episodes coming right to you. But for now, DJ, please take it away. nobodies looks like it's time to click those heels three times and zap on out of here we'll catch you next time here on doom patrol radio